for what's happening in the schools and the state of the schools and uh, the, the fact that the schools seem to be deteriorating and the solution has sort of been seen that people start new schools and let the old schools just, just deteriorate. And I really felt like the Lord was speaking to teachers specifically and those in the education sector. So if you're in the, in the education sector, if you're a teacher, won't you stand, please? Education. Oh, you're lecture. <laughs> okay. Is that all? Yeah, I really feel like the Lord is saying that he's going to begin to reveal new strategies. He's going to begin to reveal new ways, dreams and visions for solutions in the, in the schools, whether it be private or state. I really feel like God is saying that there's glory in the schools. They, they are supposed to be places where children come and they're equipped and they're built up and, 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 and they're, they're charged up for the future. And, and the enemy has sort of started moving into the schools and brought destruction. And God is bringing revelation to teachers and to educators and to, to, to principals of schools and heads of departments to begin to bring a transformation in this area. Amen. So just stretch forth your hands to them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, that you've got a call upon teachers. You've got a call upon educators, Lord God, to bring light and to bring revelation. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will bring, Father God, upon them, Lord, revelation, dreams and visions, understanding, Lord God, strategies. That they'll be able, Lord God, to bring transformation in the schooling system. Not just start new schools and close the old, Lord God. But that there will be a restoration of glory to schools that were previously in the past glorious places, Lord. Lord God, that graduated amazing leaders, Lord, that that will once again be the case in this city and in this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I really felt on my heart that the Lord was speaking to us about freedom, and specifically freedom, living free from fear. So look at the person next to you and say, living free from fear. Don't be afraid. You know, the reason why this is very important is because when God created you, he didn't create you to live in fear. Not even a part of you is supposed to be acquainted or accustomed to fear. And there are many of us that have almost adjusted our lives and fear for us is our normal. We live in a perpetual state of fear and anxiety. And that is not God's will at all. And we'll go into the scripture and I'll explain to you why that is. Now, God's purpose was for mankind to to be invited into the relationship and the joy and the fulfillment that is in the Godhead. That fellowship and relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His intent was not just to bring you like a visitor to the house, but to bring you as a part of the God family. Does that make sense? Is that clear? So therefore, God's plan was not to do something for you, but to do something in you and to introduce you into the family of God, to bring you into Christ. Does that make sense? So the, the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have this relationship, what we call a fellowship. Yeah, It is like marriage, but even deeper. 
a sharing of all things, and it's a fulfilling relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because of the love that is in that union, his intent was to create someone who would be fully immersed and be a great beneficiary of this relationship. And the way that he did it was not just to bring you close and say, catch, here's love. He brought you straight into that relationship. And the way that he did that is by putting you in Christ. The Bible says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but the life that I now live is the life of Christ. Christ lives it through me. So we've been brought into a nearness and a closeness and a fellowship, a partnership with God. Do you understand? So Christianity is not just serving God. That is an element of it, but it's very far from it. It would be like saying that your spouse married you for serving. Do you understand? That is, of course, you help them and you serve and all, but you don't, you, you didn't marry them for the sake of service. Is that clear? In the same way, God did not bring you in and save you and rescue you so that you can just be a servant in the house of the Lord. He brought you in so that you can experience the God kind of life. Do you understand? Our theme this year is abundant life in Christ. Abundant life in Christ. John 10 verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. Not just life in medium, not just life in large, but extra large. Full in abundance, meaning to overflowing. Is that clear? And that life doesn't only start one day when you go to heaven. It started the day you became born again. That kind of life is the life that is in God. In the, in the Greek, it's called Zoe life. Zoe. Z-O-E. Zoe. <laughs> that is the life of God. The Greek has a different, has a different life for, for natural life, like bios. Huh? Bios and, and suke, different kinds of life. But God's life is Zoe life. This life was only in God. And this life is in the Son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, he that has the Son has this life. And he who does not have the Son does not have this kind of life. Amen? Now, this is, this is what the enemy's plan is concerning fear. He will allow you. He will allow you to come home to the Father. So you're coming home. Father, I'm home. I'm home. Coming home and you're seated in heavenly places and you're, you're an heir of God now. Positionally, everything is right. But what he doesn't want you to do is to enjoy it. Do you understand? So if, if he can't keep you from getting born again, becoming a Christian, getting saved, coming into the Godhead, and being part of this experience with God, if he can't stop you from that, what he will do is he'll try to rob you of the freedom and the joy that it is in this life. And the way that he does it is by fear. Now give us the, the first slide. What is fear? Genesis 3 chapter 10. This is speaking about in the beginning, when God created mankind. He created mankind fearless. 
fearless, without any sense of anxiety, without any sense of threat. Now the word fear is an emotion. Fear is an emotion that you feel when you feel any kind of threat, when you are aware of any kind of threat or danger. The emotion that you feel is fear, right? And when God created mankind, he created mankind to be in dominion on the earth. Every being, every other being, listened to mankind. So there was no threat, no fear around him. God made them so established on the love of Christ, on the love of God, so full of, full of boldness that they didn't even wear clothing. There was no need for that. Do you understand? There was no need to to. to protect and prevent and, and, and to preserve. Why? Because God created them to be in charge. And then what happened? The enemy saw that and he came and introduced a lie that caused man to sin against God and man was dispossessed. He was removed from his position of authority. And immediately the Bible says when they ate of the fruit... Their eyes were opened. Previously, they were not living only by their five senses of sight and, and smell and taste and, and, and touch and, and hearing. They lived by revelation. They lived from their spirit. But when sin entered in, they started living from the senses. And consider this. Immediately in Genesis 3 verse 10, this is after they sinned. God comes into the garden and he walks in the garden and, and he asks, Adam, where are you? And Adam responds and he says, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked. So I hid myself. And what does the next verse say? God asks him, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were vulnerable? Who told you that you were threatened? I didn't create you to have this sense of vulnerability, this sense of fear, this sense of I'm, I'm, I'm not safe. But when sin entered in, they were severed, were cut off from the life of God, and then they began to experience fear. And so it is really... It is really important that you realize that when God created, the way he intends you to live is free from fear. How many of you, you are parents here? Yes. Now, in your home, imagine you buy your child the most wonderful gift that they could ever ask for. You buy it for them, but then... You let them play with it in a place where the child is afraid of something. Whether it be a dog or a cat or some kind of thing. How will that child play with that toy? Not at all. They will almost be crying more about the thing that threatens them than taking enjoyment and pleasure in the gift that you gave. And how does that make you feel as a parent concerning the blessing that you're trying to give to your child? robbed. So this is what's happening. God puts us in a place and gives us eternal life. 
But the enemy begins to bring lies and introduces lies that cause us not to enjoy or take advantage of the life that Christ has given us. And we are more living our lives day to day in a distraction and a frenzy of fear. Which doesn't give us the benefit of the life that we are living. Neither does it give God the fulfillment of having his children satisfied because of his gift. And some of you might be thinking, Pastor Chris, are you saying that we don't have to be afraid of anything? This is an unreasonable message. (laughs) And I'm telling you that it's the only way to live free. For many of us, we've made so many justifications, normalized our fears to the point where we've trained our children to be the same way. And you send your children off to school and they're all very, you know, paranoid and fearful. There's no boldness. There's no spontaneity. You got to be careful out there. (laughs) And we inculcate in them a sense of fear. We, We put it in them so that they're living their lives afraid. And this doesn't only affect the way that they go out in their boldness. It affects the way they have relationships. There are marriages today breaking Because of fear. You might say, no. It's not because of fear. It's lack of love. No. Many times the love is there. But there's a fear. I'm afraid that if I trust this person fully. Then. I'm afraid that if I love them too much. Then. I'm afraid that if. I'm afraid. So most of our reactions is a self-preservation reaction that communicates something differently than what we intend to communicate to our spouse, but we're afraid. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. But I'm afraid. Many of us, there are dreams in our hearts. Imagine if you didn't have an ounce of fear. What you would have accomplished by now. How many of you, you know that there's something in my heart. and uh, But fear always comes in the room at the end of your communication. And then says, well, one more opinion. You need one more opinion from me. And I'm here to tell you this morning. That when we came into Christ, fear has lost its power over us. Consider this, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, which is shyness, or cowardice, or fear. But he has given us a spirit of power. What is power? Come on, believers. That's a spirit of power. What is power? <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Strength, ability, ability to make change. Meaning, I'm not a victim. Tell the person next to you, you're not a victim. So God has given you a spirit of power, not a victim, victim, victim mindset, but a spirit that in any situation, you don't cower and victim. 
Romans 8.28 For we know that all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So God is putting us in a place where we live powerfully and we don't live fearfully. Amen? Spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Why is it important to have a sound mind when you have power? Some people jump off cliffs if they know that they... I'm not afraid. You're not immortal. And so it's important that we realize what we have received. Many believers are living their lives based on what their experience is teaching them. It doesn't matter what the word says. This is what happened when I went through X, Y, Z. But the word said, no, you don't know my situation. And so we try and change God's word to reflect our experience instead of changing our experience to reflect God's word. And for many of us, we feel conflicted because in the in the in-between, you will feel like I'm saying one thing because the word says that, but I'm experiencing something different. But it's because I'm moving from the place where I was to the place where I need to be. Amen? Give us that the next slide. Fear is an enemy of destiny. Fear is an enemy of destiny. If you've got anything in your heart that God has called you to do, Fear will be the one reason why you don't do it. Some may say, no, but I don't have enough money. Money is not an issue. Fear is an issue. No, but I don't have enough this. I'm not black enough. I'm not white enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not tall enough. You're afraid that that's your limitation. If you had no sense of fear, you would just go for it. I mean, the testimony stand. And many people that didn't have the qualifications that even you have. They didn't have the, the, the talent and the ability that you have. And still they made it. How many of you know that even if you ask God, Lord, give me a gift. Give me a talent. Give me an ability. But you keep that ability at home. What good is it? All of a sudden, you know how to play your guitar and all of that. And and you're able to make so much from it. But you're too afraid to perform. What good is that gift? And there are people who have less of a gift than you. Who are accomplishing much more. Because fear is not standing in the way. And then you have much more going for you. And yet fear is the thing that is blocking you. Tell the person next to you, fear is an enemy. When Adam sinned against God, it was because of fear. And you say, no, it wasn't because of fear. It was because of fear. What Adam and Eve feared was that God was withholding something from them. Amen? How many of you, you've got a spouse or a friend, when you're leaving the home and you're sitting in the car and they ask you, did you close the door? And you say, yes, I did. And then they are like, (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> That's what Adam and Eve did. They feared that what God said was not really true. And it brought destruction. This is a big deal. And for many of you, you might be feeling, yeah, the Lord is speaking to me concerning destiny. This is important. For many of you, it's your relationships. There is no depth. There is no depth in your relationship because of fear. You are afraid to be hurt. You are afraid to be taken advantage of. You are afraid of failing. You are afraid of being rejected. Fear upon fear. And what do you end up with? Nothing. And God did not create you to be fearful. He did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And what God will also do is while he gives you fearlessness and boldness to go, he also gives you the wisdom to make the right decisions. It's not just a matter of boldly going like a bull in a china shop, breaking everything very boldly and it's just a disaster. But there is a a sharpness to what we have in the spirit based on wisdom that comes from God. But all the wisdom in the world cannot be applied to a problem to whom the problem solver will not come. There's a saying, right? If, If Muhammad doesn't come to the mountain, the mountain will come to Muhammad. I submit to you, that mountain doesn't come. Muhammad better go to the mountain. Amen? And this is the first step when it comes to you fulfilling and seeing the abundant life that Christ has for you. Set fear aside. Consider Joseph. Joseph was unafraid about his dreams to the point where he started to boastfully share them. At the risk of being sold as a slave. And what did he do? Did he cower and dumb down the story? Tell them, no, actually we were playing together and I almost won the game. No. He told them straight as it was. Even mom and dad were bowing down like this. And they hated him for it. But that kind of boldness is what actually took him to the throne. It's because of that that he got sold. We will sell you. We will sell you. Sell me if you want. That was my dream. Again. And they sold him for 30 pieces of silver. And the Bible says that they brought him to Egypt and put him on the slave post. And he was naked. Remember? Adam and Eve. And he was naked. And the Bible says that he was a prosperous man. He had a sense of no fear. Nothing to hide. Because I walk with God. And then Potiphar... Buys him as a slave. He comes into Potiphar's home. Potiphar is one of the the officers, one of the ministers of the Pharaoh. He comes into Potiphar's house and everything begins to prosper. Why? Because those who are fearless put to work the blessing that is upon their lives. Some of us, we are too afraid to succeed. You are smart enough. If I, if I come out too strong, they will notice me. I don't want to be the smartest one, Neil, in the class. I don't want to be the best, the best in the firm. Fear. 
And Joseph comes out so strongly that everything begins to prosper. And you know, when everything begins to prosper, everybody begins to notice. Not just God noticing, but even those other people. And they begin to approach, who who is this young man who is so bold and courageous? He's too young to be bold and courageous and to be leading this young lady. Who she, her background is even, not even from the royal family, but she is so, such a leader. You know? Then the people start to approach. And Potiphar's wife, Miss Potty, <laughs> Miss Potty noticed this young man. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Potty, she was married, right? <laughs> And then she approached him and says, come to bed with me. And what did Joseph say? How can I do this against God? Not, I'm afraid that if I don't do this, then she will tell the master, then uh, 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 uh. all in relation to my fellowship with God. And then Miss Potty decided every time she will make herself visible in the places where the roster is saying Joseph is working here today. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. And one day she said, Joe, it's now or never. And Joseph said, never. Lost me. (laughs) Lost me. Leave me. And he left his, his cloak in her hand. And she screamed. Hey! At that point, some of us would have been like, okay, shh, okay, okay, shh. Let's. But Joseph said, I, I don't care, I'm not afraid. And he ended up in prison for 13 years, wrongfully accused. Because of Miss Potty. But even in prison, and this is not a prison like, okay, here is your cell. It opens like this, and then there's a a bed there, and the toilet is away from the bed. Mm -mm. It's a hole in the ground. And then your toilet and your plate is the same area. That's the prison. Some of you might have been reconsidering Miss Potty's proposition if you knew that's the prison. He decided, "Mm mm-mm. And even in prison, he's coming out so fearlessly that he gets promoted to be the warden, boss of the prison. (laughs) All the way to being second to the Pharaoh. Now, the only reason why he couldn't be first is because he's not an Egyptian. He can't be a god, according to their beliefs. So he has to be the human one. So he's the president. All the way. And when he stands before Pharaoh, he says, there is a God that reveals dreams. In the prison, he didn't, I have the dream, but let me just keep quiet. I have the interpretation, but let me just hold back. No. Why? God didn't create you with a spirit of fear. You think fear is the one reason why I'm still alive. It's preserved me. If I wasn't full of fear, I wouldn't have made it to 27 years or to 36 years. Because of fear, I made sure I always have my seatbelt on. I make sure I'm always driving on. Because of fear, I'm still alive. No. Because of fear, you are not where you should be. 
Because of fear, you have been robbed of destiny. You and your children's children's children. Fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. And you tell yourself, yeah, but I don't want to fail. Why? Because in this world, failure gets criticized. And I submit to you that in this world, courage, courage is what makes the difference. It was uh, Thomas Edison that said, fail, fail as much as you can. To get that light bulb that we have now today, more than a thousand fails. More than a thousand failed experiments. But you say no, but failures don't get funding. (laughs) Really? How many of you saw the Falcon Heavy launch of the rocket? My goodness, one. Okay, how many of you live on planet Earth? This is very important. (laughs) There is a man who was born in South Africa who is in the United States. His name is Elon Musk. He is on the thresholds of frontiers of taking humanity to Mars. Yeah? And what he managed to do, remember NASA and Apollo 13, they used to take the, the, the spaceship up, you know, the rocket up, and then it, it all gets destroyed, blows up, and then it goes up, right? What he managed to do is to have the rocket go up and dispense its boosters, and the boosters come and land again for reuse and refuel. He, the cost that he lowered for traveling to the space station by rocket more than 90% the cost. He's the only other person that got a contract from the American government to take things from the earth to the space station. Some guy from South Africa. <laughs> right? With his own money, with his own funding. Boldness. There's, a, there's another saying, this is not a scripture, don't quote it like that. Fortune favors the bold. Ne? And for men, where are the men? Unmarried men. Fortune favors the bold. (laughs) I remember when I was when I was getting married and I met my wife. I was in my fourth year of university, fifth year of university. I didn't have enough money to qualify for that girl. But I thought to myself, if I don't marry that girl now, someone else will marry her. So I said, Lord, (laughs) you must do something. I'm willing to wash cars, do whatever. But that girl is mine. And the naysayers were there. Oh, how how are you going to take care of them? And you know, you need to have a button in your spirit, you know. That when the naysayers start moving their lips, you switch it on and then it goes, how will you? And you just hear noise. Hmm? And you turn up your Pavarotti. <laughs> Let them be blown out of the, the water. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. It is important because there's a lot of people that want to impose their experience on you. 
And God didn't call you to walk their road. He called you to walk your road. And on your road, he told you to be unafraid and not to listen to nya, 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 nya. Amen. And I'm here, I'm here to tell you this morning that we might be saying that this year is our year of abundant life. You say, yes, God. But that year of abundant life is going to be, it's going to be fed to those who are bold. And you might say to yourself, yeah, but I'm not necessarily a, a, a bold, boisterous person. If you knew me growing up, oh, my family. If you knew me growing up, my personality is timid, shy, introvert. That's my personality. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> such, such lies on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's not a lie, it's true. The only thing that changes it is when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues a lot. Speak in tongues a lot. Makes you very bold. And I'm not even at the level of boldness where I should be. Hey, yeah, yeah. You know the kind of bold people you don't want to be around them because they will just do something bold whenever you're around. But that's the kind of people that we need. Kingdom of God, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And violent men and women are taking it by force. They are not waiting for the bell to ring. And while you are there, but the bell hasn't rung. Uh, Mr. Referee, the bell, the others are eating. (laughs) That is exactly what Jesus saw. He didn't speak about the referee, but he said, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, they are going in before you. You are blocking the door and yet you don't go in yourself. Because of fear. Give us the next slide. Fear is the opposite of faith. Tell the person next to you, don't justify your fears. I've taught you before that this year, your mouth, the purpose of your mouth is not for eating. That's a side purpose. And some of us, that's the main purpose. Thank God. I eat and I brush teeth here. <laughs> Where I can maintain the teeth that eat. The purpose of your mouth is not for eating. You are made like God. You are a speaking spirit. Yeah? The purpose of your mouth is to chart your course. Yeah? If you were a ship, your mouth would be a? A rudder. If you were a car, your mouth would be a? A steering wheel. If you were a donkey cat, your mouth would be a? A donkey. Do you understand? It guides. It guides. Tell the person next to you, don't speak your fears. Speak your, your faith. Speak what you are believing. Amen? Because not only, not only is something happening in the realm of the spirit by the words that you are releasing, because words are things, but you are also encouraging your own spirit. And there's nothing like someone who always talks them down. And they say, yeah, but maybe, maybe if Miss Namibia could come and encourage me not to talk myself down. Then Miss Namibia comes and encourages, talk yourself up. No, it's not enough. Maybe if the president's wife can come and talk me up. And nothing, it's not enough. Maybe if God would come. 
Where's the word? Maybe if God would come and tell me to talk up and all, then, ah, it's not enough. Some people, even if God tells them, do not fear. Speak what you believe. Even then they will say, Lord, let me explain to you. You don't understand this humanity thing. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Fear is the opposite of faith. And you know what? You were born with a heart that believes. Easy, 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 easy. Easy. How many of you, you watch movies and when you watch movies you cry? I just want to say. Did you know that what you were watching was pretending? <laughs> and yet they'll be there. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> and you meet them afterwards. Why are your eyes so red? No. I was weeping, weeping. For something that is false. Why? Because you so believed what was happening there. Right? Your heart is made to believe. And that is why it's so key that you spend your time listening to what God is saying. Then you will just produce the fruit in your heart, in your spirit, in your emotions, consistent with what God is saying. And if you listen to that other guy... It will produce things consistent with what he is saying. The father of lies. Give us the next slide. Consider this one. Hebrews 2. We did a a series on Hebrews. I must tell you, Hebrews, you must know it. As a believer. Okay. Verse 14 and 15. It says, therefore, since these his children, human beings, share in flesh and blood the physical nature of mankind he himself in a small in a sim- similar manner also shared in the same physical nature but without sin meaning the same way that mankind is human jesus became human yet without sin okay so that through experiencing death jesus might make powerless ineffective and impotent him who had the power of death that is the devil and that he might free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in slavery throughout their lives so what it's saying here is the thing that held men in bondage to the enemy was the threat of death It was the fear of death. And some of you might say, no, according to statistics, there's another fear that is greater than the fear of death. It is the fear of speaking in public. I disagree with that statistic. Because if you threaten someone with death and tell them, if you don't speak in public, I will kill you. They will speak in public. (laughs) So therefore, the fear of speaking in public goes out the window. The fear of death, everyone is afraid of death. And those of us who are born again, who have the life of God in us, we at least have it toned down because we are daily in the presence of Almighty God. Having this experience of love, we have a sense of knowing that we are going into eternity. We have already received eternal life. But those who are not saved have an underlying soundtrack of death throughout their whole lives. It doesn't matter if you at the club dancing it all away. Underlying, you are afraid of death. It doesn't matter if you marry the most beautiful girl and you're having a wonderful relationship. 
fear of death. It doesn't matter if you have children and you are enjoying your children, fear of death. And the Bible says that in Revelations, Jesus meets John and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I have the keys. I am the one who was dead but is now alive. I have the keys of death and the grave. Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh grave, is your victory? For those of us who are born again, death is no longer death as we knew it before. Amen? Paul says, to live is Christ. To die is gain. If I turn this way, I win. If I turn this way, I win. I can't turn whichever way without winning. But for Job Low believer, he sits in the chair saying, mm, I don't want to die. How many of you, you know that song? When we all get to hell, what a wonderful day that will be when we all see Jesus. This is the new generation, huh? <laughs> yeah? You sing that song on Sunday, and if the doctor says you are going tomorrow to heaven, <laughs> I know. <laughs> we have passed. And that's why I was saying, there are some of you saying, ah, this is an unreasonable message, Pastor. You are asking me to live free from fear. It will not make me prudent. It will make me reckless. God has given you a spirit of wisdom. And the reason why he wants you to live free from fear is not so that you can go out and destroy your life, but so that you can enjoy the life that he has given you. There is no enjoyment with fear. There's no fulfillment with fear. The gospel dispels our two greatest fears. The fear of failure and the fear of rejection. Every single human being struggles with these two fears. The fear of failure and the fear of rejection. And in Christ, the Bible says, John 3.16, God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gospel is the healing in your soul for the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. You will no longer care who rejects you if you know that God accepts you. You will no longer care where you have failed. If you know that with Jesus, you have won over the grave and you are the righteousness of God. You have eternal life in your sight. The greatest reward is laid up for you. Amen? Give us the next one. Philippians 4 verse 6. This is Paul speaking from prison. And he says, be anxious for nothing. How many of you, you've got that friend, you know, whenever you call them, how are you? I'm feeling a bit anxious. <laughs> this. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety, fear, be afraid of nothing. The Bible speaks about how the, 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 the centurion came to Jesus and says, Will you come? My, my, my son is sick. And Jesus says, I will surely come. And on the way, the servants came and he said, Trouble not the master. He's dead. It's over. And what did Jesus say? Fear not. Only believe. And many of us, When crisis hits, when crisis hits, you need to have someone in your life who will be able to say to you, fear not, only believe. Because fear becomes the door which the enemy uses. And he comes in and he shoulders in the door of fear and out of fear comes all the things that we do because of fear apart from faith. Many have gone to the point of suicide because of fear. You remember there was a a, a story internationally, it was about two years ago, about some website that was for unfaithful people. And the one pastor, he signed up. He didn't do anything yet, but he signed up. Maybe in case or something, I don't know. Signed up, then um, all these, uh, what do you call them? WikiLeaks, that's right. They leaked the things. Internationally, the list came out. Pastor So-and-so's name was on the list. Pastor So-and-so had a wife and children. And what did he do? He killed himself. When they were interviewing the family, his wife said, I was going to forgive him. I was going to forgive him. We were going to make it through. But because of fear, the enemy manages to push in destruction. But I'm here to tell you that because of Christ, fear is no longer a chain around our necks. Amen? And this morning, I want to pray for those of you, you've gone through a trauma. You've gone through a situation that has so injured your soul It is so stuck in your memory that it's causing this ongoing fear. It is almost changing your personality. You used to be happy. You used to be like this and friendly and all that. And then something happened. And now it's all about self-preservation. And God wants to set people free this morning. So if that's you, please stand. We want to pray for you. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom 
shall I be afraid. Heavenly Father, this morning we lift up our family, we lift up our brothers and sisters before your holy throne, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are a healer, that you are a restorer, God. That your plan was never for harm, Lord God. And for those who are standing this morning, Lord God, because of the trauma that they've gone through, Lord. We pray right now for release of your power, release of your grace upon them. Right now in Jesus' name, Lord God. That in their hearts and in their souls, Lord, a miracle will begin to take place, Lord God. Restoring them, Lord God. Healing that painful place, Lord God. Taking away, Lord God, all those memories, Lord God. All that trauma that has caused them to change, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. We come against trauma in Jesus' name, Lord God. We break the power of fear over them in Jesus' name. We come against those violent dreams, those nightmares. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. We pray right now for a transformation even in their bodies, Lord God. In their brains, Lord God. Father, that that trauma that came in and and caused violence, Lord God, will be restored this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we pray for your love to fill every part, every part of their soul, even right now. For those of us who are not standing, let's just stand and put your head right on top of this person next to you who's standing. And let's just begin to pray for them. So if someone was standing beforehand, just lay your hand on them. We're going to pray for them. Let's not leave anybody without someone praying for them. Look around if there's someone standing alone. Let's begin to pray for one another. Father, we come against the spirit of grief. There are some of you, you are in grief. You have lost a loved one. You have lost a loved one and you've been grieving for a long time. And God is saying, I'm restoring that pain. I'm restoring that place of pain today in the name of Jesus. Your tears are turning to joy today in the name of Jesus. Uh, That fear that entered through the door of death, that fear that entered through the door of sorrow, it ends today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we release your grace, Lord God, to be multiplied, Lord God, over them this morning in Jesus' name, Lord. And the faces that are coming in their minds, I pray that forgiveness will begin to flow this morning in the name of Jesus. I pray that forgiveness will begin to flow in the name of Jesus, that they will begin to release people, Lord God, those who have harmed them, those who have hurt them. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord. Your presence is here. Lord God, to do a deep work, to do a new work in their hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, our prayer, God, is that they will see, they will see the light and they will see the joy of the Lord. Once again, you make all things new. Even in the darkness, you are the light. No matter what we've gone through, You are the answer to me. You make all things new. You turn my past into a testimony. 
You turn my weakness into strength. You make all things new again. Holy Spirit, we thank you for new dreams, new visions, new encounters, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for fearlessness, Lord God. I pray for those who have, bus- have had business failures. Business failures, Lord God, that it became an identity crisis for them, Lord God. That they've been identifying themselves as a failure because of that business that didn't work out. We break that today in the name of Jesus. And we release the grace, Lord God, for success. We release the grace, Lord God, that identity that is based in Christ. That is rooted and built up in God, Lord God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We, We thank you that your word is alive. And that it is bringing life to those who are here this morning. We pray, Lord God, that every single person that's here this morning will begin to experience freedom from fear starting today in Jesus' name. That they will not make excuses for living fearfully, but that they'll live wisely, Lord God, but boldly, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you are in us, Lord. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the testimonies and testimonies That are going to come forth because of your work this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. May God cause your blessing to be enjoyed. That everything that you do will prosper. And that your family will see light and life because of you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you need more prayer please come.